0: We believe Jamie was in the home at the time of the homicides and we believe she is still in danger A brutal murder in the middle of the night and a 13-year-old girl missing The case of Jamie Kloss captures the nation's attention The
1: sense of urgency is growing by the minute here in Barron
0: County, Wisconsin A community on edge
2: We're all scared Who who did this? Who would do something
0: like this? A family desperate to find her.
2: My life was ripped apart and
0: shattered into pieces. A mystery in a small town. I've been doing this for 20 plus years and I just don't know what happened in this case. But hope never lost. Thank
2: God, after those 88 days, we at least got answers.
0: I'm Lou Raguse and this is 88 Days, the Jamie Closs Story. Chapter 3, Jim and Denise. Nearly two weeks after Jamie Kloss's parents were murdered, with Jamie still missing, Jim and Denise are laid to rest. Today, her parents, who were found shot to death, were remembered at services just down the road in Cameron, Wisconsin. Here's Carol Evans Sharon you.
3: Today at the funeral, the family asked for privacy as the search for 13-year-old Jamie Kloss continues. Just on Friday, the reward for any information that leads to Jamie was brought up to $50,000. That comes after a contribution from the Jenny O. Turkey store where Jim and Denise Kloss used to work. They said in a statement, quote, we can confirm that we offered 25000 to the FBI and are providing further support by helping the family with funeral expenses for Jim and Denise. This continues to be an extremely difficult time for our entire team as we mourn their loss.
0: Reporters are not inside the funeral services, but afterward, one woman drives up and gives an interview.
3: Thank you so much. Yep.
4: Oh, can I catch your name? Missy Ruffin.
0: Missy Ruffin works side-by-side with Jim at the turkey plant for many years.
4: I still work there. I've been there 28 years. Yeah, and they've been there 20, 20-something years. 27 years, yep. And I've worked with Jim for, I've th- thought about it in the church. I uh, Probably five years out of the 28 that I've been there, have not worked with Jim. Monday through Friday, eight hours a day for 15 years. I see him every day, I'm on second shift now, he's on first shift and we see each other. And he says hi to me. Um,
0: One heartbreaking thing I've noticed over the years doing this job, people in mourning or in shock, often still talk about people who died in the present tense like this.
4: Why, why, they're normal people. Why would you, they don't bother nobody, they don't, they go to work, they go home. They're, they're about their family, so why?
0: Jim and Denise's obituary says Jim loved the Green Bay Packers and Wisconsin Badgers and getting into conversations about the glory days of his high school sports career, something his co-worker can attest to. The obituary says Denise loved working with her flowers, feeding her birds. She loved angels and helping everyone any way she could.
4: Yes, the same. Jim is the type that he is so much into the Packers that he would take. If the Packers played on Monday night, he would take Tuesday off because he knew that it would be too hungover to go to work because he really enjoyed watching the Packers and the Badgers. Any any Wisconsin sport team, he was very avid about them, and he was not afraid to say it. And Denise? Yep. she. I mean, she was she was all about Jamie. Everything, she, her world revolved around Jamie. As she, when she was younger, she had her in um, beauty pageants and, you know, please vote on my daughter's picture, you know, so that she wins the contest. And she was all about Jamie. Her world revolved around Jamie.
0: Over the next two weeks, the investigation scales down. People have called in 2,100 tips, but those tips, once coming in at a rate of 200 per day, are down to about 20 a day. Most of the 200 investigators have gone home, while 5 to 10 local deputies and agents continue to work. And with the investigation scaling back, so does the media coverage. Without an update to report, days go by sometimes without a mention of the case on the news. So I decide to try contacting the family again. And Kelly Engelhart, Jim Kloss' sister, says she'll do an interview along with her brother, Jeff Kloss. We meet Kelly and Jeff at their mother's home in Ladysmith, Wisconsin, the home they grew up in with their brother, Jim. Their other brother, Mike, wanted to be at the interview, but he was away at work. Lady Smith is a town of 3,000 people, just like Barron, 45 minutes east. The two towns are high school sports rivals. Everyone in the Kloss family was a star athlete in high school, and now Kelly and Jeff and Mike's kids carry on that tradition. Jim was the only one to move away, although just 40 miles from where he grew up. Were a lot of people at the funeral? Yes. Yes.
2: We were there, we were there at 10 o'clock, from quarter to 11 to 1 o'clock. There was constant people coming through, and then the church was full. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's now one month since the murder of their brother Jim, his wife Denise, and the disappearance of their niece Jamie. Jeff and Kelly are very friendly as they invite my photographer Adam and me inside. We sit down in the living room of Grandma Kloss' home. She's stepped away for the morning. Kelly and Jeff say the ordeal is still too hard for her to talk about or even hear about. Kelly was the baby of the family. Jim was the oldest brother, nine years older than her. Jeff was just a year younger than Jim and Mike three years younger. So the boys all played high school sports together. Now Jeff works for a construction company. And Kelly works at the Ladysmith Police Department, so she's used to dealing with police, even though she's never been in a position like this. Their brother, Mike, is a truck driver. In the kitchen, Kelly and Jeff have laid out photographs and old newspaper clippings of Jim playing high school sports. In the living room, we're seated in a circle, Jeff wearing a hoodie that says Ladysmith Basketball and Kelly wearing a sweater. And we start the conversation talking about their brother, Jim. What was he like? You want me to start, Kelly? Yep. He
1: was very... Uh... Himself, he was. Uh, he, uh, you know, we we kind of, as he went to Barron, we didn't see him as much, but he he was very. He still cared about everybody. He was very caring, very caring person. You know, um, he uh, enjoyed. He just enjoyed sports, and 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 that's kind of how we kind of formed a bond. You know, um, just. Talked about the Badgers, and he talked about his cooking. He loved cooking because he did all his meals for the week. You know, prepared everything for the week, and and that's basically what we talked about on the phone. And it wasn't very long. You know, five minutes at the most. He he was always kind of in a hurry to get his work over with, so he could get ready for the game. You know, Mm -hmm. and I think he liked to work hard, and I think he liked to rest. A simple man.
0: And what else do you remember about Jim? Jim, he
2: like like Jeff said, he just he was like, he just was simple. He 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 never did. I never heard him say anything bad about people. He just he he loved to work. Never complained about work. Um, he loved going there. Um, he loved um, sports. He 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 would sit here at Christmas time. And my husband who came into the family and he's like, Oh my gosh, every year the same stories about yep. these guys and their and they're loved, they're great athletes. He yeah. loved
1: bragging about he himself. He loved to brag
2: about himself. He did. He that's he, one thing about him was he loved and he, he could tell you how I many- think
1: I think deep down he missed that, you know, yes. as yes. you lose your athleticism yep. and your age goes and weight. Yep. I think that really kinda he missed he missed that.
2: Yep. He lived through his glory years, and he could <laughs> tell you how many points he scored in a game. He could tell you how many rushing yards he had. I mean, he 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 was yes. a great athlete, and mm-hmm. so he he prided himself on that, and he loved to talk to him about it, mm-hmm. and he loved to talk to my, our nephews about it because he would like to because t- then, then then he could relive it. Yep, he could tell exactly. you how many, and my nephew would love to ask mm-hmm. um, who was better. Who he he was just saying yeah, was that was kind of the
1: running thing. Who was better? Who was
2: better? Was it Jeff? Was it Jim? Yeah. Was it Mike? Who was better? So he he loved it, and and. He truly was happy talking about it.
0: And what was Denise like, and how was their relationship together?
2: Denise was probably the nicest person you'd ever meet. Um, just, like, I mean, I wouldn't call my brother sweet. I would call Denise sweet. Denise yes. was just a sweet. Um, she would come in here, we would laugh with <laughs> her, her party. Like, she'd come here for Christmas, and she would bring... 50 bags of candy, not one, 50, literally. She put it on the table and my mother would say, Denise, what are we going to do with all this? We'll give it to the kids. Or she just, she she was such a giving person, such such a sweet, sweet person. Never ever would say a bad word about anybody. Mm-hmm. Such a nice person. And they, they you know, she had to listen to Jim. She'd have to listen to him when she was here about the stories and she would just laugh and roll her eyes and, you know, it just, he he was who he was and he didn't try to, he didn't, come in here and try to make you think he was, you know, f- fancy by wearing anything fancy. He didn't care. He loved it here. He loved my mom. My mom cooked for him, and he loved the food. She would make something special for him. He loved it. He would sit at that table and eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he was happy. He, he liked to eat. He loved to eat. He
0: did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people were saying the stuff like calling her an angel and yes. stuff like that that all she, kind of rings true to you oh, Absolutely. absolutely. She absolutely. was an angel.
2: She put up with my brother for, yes. th- you know, I mean, in, yeah. in that... You know, she just, she was such a, I, that's why this is so baffling. She was the, I mean, yeah. the kindest person. Who who could hurt Denise? I, I don't know. Just don't get it because she's so kind.
0: And Jeff, what do you remember about their dynamic as a couple? Just uh,
1: like pretty much what Kelly said, that Jim always was kind of, he was there, you know, listening, but Denise and Jamie were, Kind of stole the show, didn't yes. they? Kind
2: of, yeah. But she made all the effort. It wasn't Absolutely. Jim. Absolutely, Jim didn't make the effort. Um, just at Mardi Gras was the last time I saw Jamie and Denise, which was in July. She brought she brought Jamie here and to see my mom, and they went to the parade. So this that was all Denise. Denise right. made sure that that right. my mom saw Jamie because if it was up to Jim, he he would right. he wouldn't say don't come over, but he's not going to drive over right. here, and you know. So Denise was the. Yes, she was the angel. She, she, And her and Jamie, um, they were inseparable. Yeah. They did everything together. And I think that worked for Jim and Denise because Jim got to do his thing by you know cooking and, and watching his sports. Right. And Denise and Jamie did all the running. They right. went shopping. They went to the roller skater rink. I mean, they yep. did everything.
1: Kind of developed their routine like I yes. think everybody does. Yes. You no, know? I don't know.
2: Yep. And Jim just kind of fit into that routine when... When it was good, and that was okay with him, and that's that worked for them. So they were, you know, got along great that way.
0: Well, tell me more about Jamie's personality.
2: Jamie Jamie is is a sweet, sweet girl too. Very shy. Very. um, We have a, you know, (laughs) our you know our kids are are a
1: little more outgoing. A little more outgoing.
2: A little more rambunctious. My mom always tells the story that Jamie was like four years old, and all the kids were my. my, I have a sixteen-year-old daughter. My brother has a sixteen-year-old son. They like to wrestle. And they started wrestling, and Jamie's like, "Yeah, <laughs> mom, do I have to do that?" And yeah, we all laugh. We're like, "No, you don't have to do that." She was just very quiet and yep. shy. She wasn't going to be one that was going to be tearing down the stairs like our kids. She did.
1: always what I remember about her was she always clung to her mother. Yes. I mean, they were, but as she got older, she started getting a little bit, you know, better as far as being around us. I, I tell, you know, getting comfortable with us and the way we were, you know, yeah. to the way they.
2: Are. Yep. Yeah. And I think she was just more comfortable with Denise's family because she got to see them a little yeah, absolutely. more. Mm-hmm. So with us, she, but she, she loved grandma. She loved her grandma class. Oh, wow. Her, her, you know, she would come to see grandma and she, so I think if it was, if it was just her and grandma one-on-one, she was much more comfortable than with, if you put her in a big crowd, she was a little more quiet. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Okay. But took definitely took after Denise's sweet side. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: So what do you think happened? <sighs>
1: I have no idea. I I hear stories that, you know, when it first happened, I thought, well, Jim was in trouble. Jim did something, you know, what I don't know, you know, Kelly. And then then you hear, you know, whether or after Jamie. So I have no idea. I really don't. I don't want to speculate because I want to find out and the people that did this get what they deserve. Do you have a gut feeling? I don't. Kelly might.
2: I don't, I don't have a gut feeling. My first, my first instinct was it had to be because, because we know Jim so well that he, he wasn't out in the public. He wasn't, you know, he kept to himself. So I'm like, it has to be somebody that knew him from work because that's where he spent 60, 70, 80 hours a week at. So that was my first instinct was, did somebody, you know, at work have a problem with him or did, you know, did he fire somebody that was upset? That was my gut feeling at first. But because there's, there we have nothing. We have absolutely nothing to go on, and it's not, you know, if if somebody would have said that he did do something wrong, I would have been like, great, I get, let's let's find it now. Right. But there isn't, there isn't that one thing that says this has to be it. You know, go in this direction. There's just, there's like, nothing.
0: Look, like you almost expected to learn, oh, yes. this guy at work hated him. Yes, right. Yes, come out absolutely. yes. Absolutely. absolutely,
2: absolutely, or that you know he had. You know, a, a big debt or you yeah. know something, but that he, just wasn't his. And that's
1: one thing that we—he, you know—he never talked about about. And I don't know if he would have ta- said anything to me, you know, if he was in trouble. Right. You know, if he—I I think he would have. Mm-hmm. You know.
2: And I think he would have talked to my mother. Yes. He would have confided in my mother and said, "You hey, know, Mom, I, hey, you I need, know, I'm I need in, help. I'm in trouble." And that's just not the case with him and and, and with Denise and and her being literally. Um, she would go to other people's homes to help them and to, her her friend had, her husband had passed away and she had to make sure she went and sat by him at a game. I mean, she just, so I, I just, I don't know. The really? thing that
1: really strikes me, you know, and, and I listen and hear things, you know, they talk about the abduction thing, you know, if that's what it was. It seems to me they, they went to quite the extreme because if they were, and this is just my thought, you know, if they were, um, you know, watching and this, and that. You know, Jamie was by herself. Kelly, right? I mean, from whatever yeah. time to get
2: on the bus, Jamie would have been you know I mean? by they herself. Or, they could have, they could
1: have got Jamie, yeah. which we would have heartbroken. But I, did they have to kill two people to do what they did? Right. Yeah, I don't.
2: Well, I think it's just so it's so disturbing for us as a family to know that somebody so evil did something to two people who who there, there's no reason. Right. It's, it's just it's it's there are no words, and that's what I think people have said to us there, there's no words there to, is to say to you there's no words that we can say um we just yeah. we, you know we hope we hope that this person did want jamie and so they're taking care of her and that she's that she's yeah. safe and she that that's our biggest fear that she's not being taken care of right. um you know
0: i think that you kind of touched on the puzzle that that baffles me if somebody wanted to take jamie yes you don't why would you kill two people? Absolutely. There would be other ways to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And
1: then you know, if, if they're casing her or they're yeah. watching this. They know, I mean, from whatever time to whatever time, she's in there by herself. Right, right. I mean, or this
2: school. seems like... Yeah,
0: right. And, and then vice versa. If somebody wanted to kill Jim and Denise, why would they take Jamie? Absolutely. Right, it just, It's just something that's... Right. I don't that's
2: know. That's why our gut feeling is that they wanted Jamie because, you know, you, you why why would you... I mean, you know, from how he was you know, shot right away is that there was no talking to him. And and we all know that if you would have gotten into that home without a weapon, you would have been in trouble with Jim. Because right. Jim and I feel that somebody knew that. Right. I feel that they knew that they couldn't they and, couldn't and another they thing, couldn't confront Jim no, because no, they would no, have been in Like physically or physically, physically Physi- yeah. oh not weapons. Physically no. he was physically he, he take would care have, of himself. He would have he would have Yeah. He would have two people would have had a heart attack. I time think to. another
1: thing that, you know, with that whole night Jim, it's hard when you've got just seconds to deal with things is, you know, they've had trouble in the past there mm-hmm. with people running out of gas, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that's what he probably thought yeah. it was, hey, it was somebody that needed help.
2: Yeah. Not yeah. somebody
1: that was there to hurt them. Right.
2: You know? And he has, they've had people come All to the, to their house. And yes. I think he had told my mom that it had kind of gone down a little bit since cell phones. Mm-hmm. And so people could just sure. call. But they would come to the door and, and you know, knock on the door and ask for help or, you know, ask to call the police. or yeah. But at 1 o'clock in the morning.
1: Yeah. You know, that's early. I mean, I, he... And Jim, the problem Jim had, you know, he couldn't see very well. Oh. Okay, so I'm assuming he flipped the light. I don't. I yeah. don't want to be a detective because yeah. I'm not that. But yeah. you know, I, I'm assuming he flipped the light on.
0: So they just saw Jim at first.
1: I, 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 I'm assuming, I'm assuming
2: they've never told us that. Right. I mean, we know from Jim's home, you know, that he was the first one to go to the to the door.
0: Yeah.
2: And we know that the door is over here, and their bedroom is over here. So yeah. where was know,
0: Denise?
2: I think in the bathroom. Okay. Yep. Yeah.
0: And so that seems like hiding then almost. I would assume so. That's what's you know
1: what I feel. Like, okay, Jim probably didn't. Jim see didn't it know what coming, happened. You know? No, yeah. Denise was terrorized. Yes, that's awful.
2: That's awful. Whatever. And
1: so Jamie too. You know what I mean? Right.
2: I, right. Jim didn't know. No. Jim Jim didn't know that that he went something there and now the was... was over. Yep. And she, didn't know.
0: You know. Yeah. Struggled. Did yeah. he let like, you guys listen to the nine hundred and eleven call?
2: No. Nobody's. Yeah. Nobody has. That's no. one of
0: those nobody's. things where you mentioned where like they hold that back yeah. because like yeah. if there is a voice right. that you can hear in yeah. the background then you right. might be able to compare it to yeah. you know
2: yeah. absolutely. once it's
0: out in the public realm then there's yeah. no secrets there's anymore. no secrets yeah. and i
2: and i don't i wish that we could believe that they have something like that that they're holding i, I just i don't think so and i don't think that like he said and we have to take this that the 911 releasing it to the public the 911 call is not going to help bring Jamie home yeah. and,
0: and, you know a lot of the internet speculation and stuff like that is pretty Ridiculous. Right. That's there, what's hard. There's, the there's of- one thing that that to ask about though. Like some people have wondered if Jamie had possibly a boyfriend online. Kelly that would go, that would go to extremes. Right. To- I, the, I,
2: I, mean, obviously, we can't say with 100 percent certainty. But you you would have to show me proof because I would not believe it. I mean, I would I would not believe it. That that's just not her. There, there are thirteen-year-old girls that have personalities that yeah. would be out there and and putting themselves out there. Jamie does not have that right. personality, and I don't think she would put herself in, you know, that situation. Plus, I know she had nothing to do with it. She, she, she's she's a person that was taken. She wasn't. This isn't willing. This isn't something she's a part of. Yeah. Not that we know this, but right. we know this because
3: yeah. we she, know she, her.
2: We know her, and that she. This is not. She loved her parents and her mother, and that that this would not have happened with her involvement
0: through the years would Jim and Denise make enemies
2: (laughs) like you said you know if you told me they had a Viking fan that didn't like him that would be his enemy yes but at work it was um it was okay and then you're over it you know you get over it I've never known anybody to I've never known an enemy of Denise's ever um Jim I, I would have to say it would be somebody that at work that you know and Jim was a person that you know if he saw something at work he might say why did you do that? You know, like he—he mm-hmm. he was a yeah. little more forward, and right. he would—he would say that. Plus, right. he'd been there for so many years that he, you know right. he was, you know, and he was a worker. He—he—he yeah. he, he worked hard. He—he yep. he wasn't going to take it if somebody wasn't working. So,
0: did he ever struggle with drug addiction or anything like that along those lines?
2: No, no, not that—not that we know of. No. And he has no criminal record. Nothing. No. They've never had a police contact at their home. No, hmm. no. Um,
0: so I know this is. Hard to talk about, but um, did you guys get a call that night? Well, that was the whole screwed up. The whole the, 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 was terrible, just
1: absolutely terrible. We we got it about the same t- time, right, Kel? That- well,
2: unfortunately, unfortunately, with 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 how it played out, um, and them going into her, to their house, um, they kind of identified her side. They de- identified Denise and Jim, but they didn't really identify us, the family. Um, And so what happened, because where I work, one of the um, county deputies actually went to the call. And we have a Barron County SWAT team, and they went to the SWAT call. And so I got a phone call. Actually, I got a text message about 6.30-ish in the morning from one of the guys. And he's like, "Uh," which was odd because he doesn't work for the Ladysmith Police Department. If it was one of our officers, I'd have been like, okay, they need something from me. And he's like, are you coming to work? And I said, yeah. And he said, Can 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 I stop by? And I said no. I said, "What's going on, Riley?" Because I knew, Mm
3: -hmm. I knew. knew Said that. I knew
2: it because you don't. That's not what you do. And He goes, and then unfortunately, he didn't know. I mean, obviously, I'm you know the Kloss name in Lady Smith, people know, and he didn't realize I had a brother in Baron. So he was Facebooking at like four o'clock in the morning. And when you Facebook Jim Kloss, my my father comes up, and my husband was in the photo. So Riley's like. So then he asked me, goes, do you have a brother, Jim? And I said, yeah. And he goes, is he about 56? And I said, yes. And I go, what's going on, Riley? I said, he said, he was shot, and they can't find Jamie. I said, or I don't know if he used the word, I don't know if he used Jamie's name at that point. And I said, what do you mean they can't find, I said, she lives there, and you know. And right. um, so I literally got to work, and I was sitting in the sheriff's um, office and looking at Facebook, and then...
1: That's where that's, that's where how we I found got it, it. it was from Sierra, my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, I was at work and she s- sent me this text, and I didn't think it was right because I couldn't think of Jim's address right off the bat. Yeah, because they said th- they sh- they they said G- Jim and Denise were deceased, and then they showed like a half picture. Yeah, when they Denise- didn't say Jim
2: and Denise okay. at the time, they said okay. two 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 adults okay. deceased. Yes, and then with that address.
1: And I think like, what. That's yeah. what I called mom, yeah. and I scared her. Yeah, got her all worked up. Yeah, I when maybe- I was
2: yeah, and I was still sitting in the sheriff's office trying to figure out. Okay, so I didn't get a chance, and, and I understand because Facebook wanted Jamie's information out there, and, and all the news, uh, you know, outlets wanted her face. But so it was a little harder for us.
0: Still, it'd be nice to be notified. Anyway. Right. Yeah. It. It, 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 and,
2: yeah. it was. It was. But I, we get it because the time. The time. Yeah. The time was such an important factor for her. And we can take the fact that we weren't notified right. in the way that we would have liked Absolutely. to. Because if it meant two the, more minutes to the, find Jamie. The
1: hardest part for me was the next night, okay, when they got a tip, you know, whatever, that there was, a, a, whatever. They went up to our cabin because they thought maybe she, Jamie was up there. Well, the, this happened at, I don't know what time they went to the cabin. Like 12.30. And then and then they went to our my, my wife's house, which she was alone in. Five or six FBI, kind mm-hmm. banging and clanging at the door. That's yeah. what's kind of scary, you
2: know. Mm-hmm. And both families had that. Both both families in, encountered a kind of a scare. I mean, we're we're scared. We're, we're all scared. The whole yes. community is scared. Everybody is afraid. What? Who? Who did this? Who right. would do something like this? And so, I mean, it's a scary feeling. It and, really is. And and did they have to
0: like investigate family and stuff like that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah.
2: Oh yeah, which we were open to. We we're yeah, like, bring it, bring absolutely. it on. We we yeah, we're we have nothing to hide, now. and we are we we will we are fully cooperated, um, because none of our family has anything to do with it, mm-hmm. and um, so we. But it, it, it's a process that we've never been through. We've never. I mean, we literally had probably two, three hundred FBI agents in this home at one point. So, okay.
0: And so, how are you guys hanging in there now? It's
1: getting a little easier. I, I it's still hard at night. You know, it's mm-hmm. still hard. You mm-hmm. know. I'm,
2: I'm not as scared at night yeah. um, because y- you can't be because I'm not going to let whoever did this isn't going to, you know, not. they've already done what they've done to us and I'm not going to continue to let it bother me. We just need to find Jamie. Right. I mean, if, 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 this, if, if what happened happens with Jim and Denise, we, we can deal with it. But if Jamie comes back... Yeah, it'll it'll be much easier. Much
1: absolutely,
2: we, we can deal with it. You know, right. we can deal with 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 their death, right? Um, but we can't deal with hers. Right. We we need her to come back. Exactly. You know, she needs she needs to come back. Exactly. And so.
0: Well, how does the mystery and the uncertainty surrounding Jamie make it harder to fully properly grieve your brother? Well, well, oh, it does. It really does. It's
2: uh, well, you can't. We have two things going on. And, and that was the biggest problem, I think, for us to talk to people, you know, in that first month is, you know, we're trying to grieve our brother and sister-in-law. But when you grieve, then you feel guilty because you, you're grieving because right. we still have a niece that we want to come home. So we're trying to separate. You're trying to just grieve them but have hope for Jamie, and that's all you can do. Right. That's all you can do just have hope. And, mm-hmm. and the community and our family and our, our friends have been awesome. I mean... Yep. We couldn't ask for anything better. So,
0: well, how devastating has the murder and the kidnapping been on your families?
2: It's devastating. Yeah, it's it's. It's been tough. I think. Yeah. Because yeah. there's there's nothing. We don't we don't have anything. We have no, no little. You know, it, there's
1: just how how do you it's how do you? It's shocking. It's absolutely just shocking. shocking. You wake up and it's just like when mm-hmm. dad passed away. You know, you can't believe it. Yep. Yeah. And now, now him, it's just, yeah. uh, I don't
2: know. It's I think just, you wake up and you think, oh, wait a minute, Th- she's gone. Right. You know, I think you you can't you try to, your mind, you you have to sleep. Right. So you have to shut it off. And then you wake up and, and somebody said something to me and I thought, you know, it's it's right, is every day you start your day and you're like, is today the day? Like, is today the day that they're going to find her? Or is today the day gonna she's going to come home? Are we going to hear something? My phone rings. And I, I, immediately, you know, because the FBI has told us, morning, noon, or night, they will call us. So if my phone rings at after 10 o'clock, I think, oh my gosh, you know, is it is it going to be her or is it going right. to be is it going to be good news? Is it going to be bad news? That,
1: um, that's a good question, or yeah. that's we can talk about that, Kelly, because it's weird. Be, back before all this happened, we went day we did we went days without even locking our doors. Now I lock my door at at six o'clock, and I'm leery of somebody. You know, knocking on your door, at, you know, which you shouldn't be that way. No.
2: But Well, the time change. The time change in the Oh, morning, yeah, and it gets I, dark. And it's, so when I would walk out to my car prior to the time change, it was dark. And I, and I was afraid. I would, yeah. I would look around. I live in the country. I was afraid. Now, when I walk out in the morning and it's light, I'm a little less afraid.
1: And it's funny, though, Kel, you say that. Our families are afraid. Everybody around Everybody's here is afraid. afraid.
2: Everybody's afraid. afraid. Because we don't know, we don't know. It was it a random? Was it was this something that somebody just picked this house and right. did this? We don't know. Um, so the community is afraid. You know, people that live there are afraid. People that live in Ladysmith are afraid. It, it's it's scary. It's yeah. scary that somebody could do something like this. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's devastating.
0: Are you guys happy with the job law enforcement has done so far?
2: Absolutely. One hundred percent. They have, you know. We understand it's frustrating, um, like, so.
1: It was frustrating for me, the way they questioned us <laughs> yeah. right off the bat. But I understand. And Kelly works around it a little bit yeah. more than I do. That they had to, that's yeah. they had to do that, you know. Yeah. But yeah, they've been good.
2: They're trying to get to the. I mean, obviously, we we all know when when things happen. You know, they look to family members. They look to you know somebody that you know may possibly have done something like that. So we understand that. We we understood the questioning, and we're like absolutely hundred um, percent open to it, and and we want to, because we want to get this solved. We, Like you said before, whoever did this cannot get away with it. Right. They can't. It's just, you know, it's a small town. Um, Things like that don't happen around here, and it needs to be solved. So if that means being 24-7 and, you know, bothered by the FBI or the local law enforcement, we'll do whatever we can, and we have been. Her family, um, Denise's family has been the same way. No, we'll do whatever.
0: Do the police know more than they make it seem? Kelly, I, you would know more. I about don't think that.
2: so. I, I honest I honestly don't think so. Um now do I believe that the public needs to know everything going on in the investigation. I don't believe that. Right. I I think I think those that, of us that
0: kind of know how it works. Yeah. Right. There are but things. It's kind of it's you know the, the sheriff really makes it seem like they don't have a clue, yeah. and so like we're just yeah. kind of like is that is that the truth or I is think right. it's yeah. there the more truth. that they're holding right. on I
2: I, tr- I truly believe it's the truth, and there's some FBI agents that speak to you a little more than others will. And they're like I got nothing, and I, and I truly believe it. Now, do I think that there might be some people or some Things that there might be, you know, look, but I, I, you know, my first thought was when the phones, when they, when they got the phones, it's like, great. Okay. Something, if, if there truly was, um, you know, somebody that was stalking, stalking Jamie, Jamie or something, that's going to be in the phone. Right. Because they have Jamie's
0: phone. They have right. all the phones. In, in both parents' phones. Yes. Okay. So,
2: so, and we all know that they have access to that and they, and they've, they've been through that. So I, I, I honestly feel that they don't have anything because of that. And but how how can you get away with that? Like how can you how can you come into a small town at one o'clock in the morning and it murder two people gone. and then take a daughter in four minutes?
1: Yeah, that's that's
2: So you, you had a plan. Right. I think. You you I had would to have, think. You had to have had a plan. Yeah. Because if you stumble upon that and then in four minutes make that decision and get out of there without anybody seeing you or hearing you, that's why we have to believe somebody knows something, somebody has a tip, somebody has a you Know has something that went on at maybe at Jenny O or maybe with Jim and they Denise and they know it that they need to contact the tip line because that's I believe the only way we're going to solve it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, did those vehicles that they put out mean anything to you guys? No, no. not no. nothing.
2: I wish it they was did.
1: chilling when that yeah. came out because then we thought, oh gosh, there's yep. something
2: yep.
1: we've now we got to start, you know, yep. but then it was so vague on the years mm-hmm. and.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the Dodge Challenger was, yeah, it was promising because it's like how many yeah. Dodge that, Challengers of right. that color? Right. Oh, great! This is this is perfect. But, but again, we know we know the FBI and the and the local law enforcement are doing everything they can, and they're, you know, even though they scaled down, um, scaling down from two hundred to maybe what if it, 10, 5, it's still. Way more than a lot of police departments are going to have working on a case. So I mean, we know they're doing everything they yeah. can, and the sheriff has been has been great. So,
0: is there anything else that you want people to know about what your family's going through?
2: You know, we've gotten a little bit of flack about not talking, and my first question is, who do you, who do you want us to talk to? Like, who right. who who could we talk to that could cover every person in this area that's. Or, or in this, the United States, in the world, I don't know where these people are, you know. So, we wanted out there, um, you know. We, we had to just take a f- few weeks to actually get. I mean, I couldn't have done this interview four weeks ago, right?
1: Absolutely got, not. And got got
2: through it without crying. I mean, exactly. That, you know, it's yeah, my brother. Still
1: tears up a little bit, but yeah. You, yeah. Like you say, it's 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 easier now.
2: It's easier. So people said, well, you know, why aren't the family talking? Well, you know. We want to talk. If 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 talking means it's going to bring Jamie home, Absolutely. we'll talk. But other than that, you know, we're trying to do everything we can. But what, you know, so so for me, I think it's it's you know, give a family a break who's just lost two family members and who who's desperately seeking their niece to Absolutely. come home. Um, so that that I think is the hardest thing for us. But again, not in this community. This community is not right. judging it's,
0: it's, you're us. You're talking right. about the Facebook. That, right.
2: Yes, just and the, I'm trying the people to stay that
1: people so, oh so I I was I'm trying, but I I'm, was I was really and I, I wanted to get mm-hmm. on there and I thought I got to be better than that, you know. But then then then, then you don't have to because that other somebody person that's says, li- has a little yeah. common sense. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: I have I have commented now the yeah. last couple of days. I, I I just can't help myself because yeah. when somebody says that something yeah, a blatant lie. Yeah, something a blatant lie about either Jim or Denise or Jamie. Yeah, I, I, and, it's hard. And it's very hard. It's hard to listen to that because I know it's not true. Yeah, and who? What type of person could say that? And I get it. I get It's Facebook, and you're you're you you think you're you know untouchable because you're on Facebook. But it's like we're we're living this. Right. This is our this this could be our life for the next twenty five years.
1: Right. As exactly. far as
2: not knowing where Jamie exactly. is. Exactly. If they do find the people, the trial. I mean, we realize this is this is not. This isn't something that's just going to be done. You know, yeah. we have to deal with it. So if, if people could just be, you know, more kind and, and, you know, I've seen somebody say stuff about, you know, the Denise's family, you know, why aren't they looking at the camera? Why aren't they looking
1: Yeah, they're really? sad.
2: They're sad. They're sad and, and, you know, you don't bring a, you know, we don't have notes on how to do this interview. Right. I mean, it, it is <laughs> exactly. what it is. It's us. Yeah, it's, we're, it's just us. Yeah. And, you know, before this happened, you wouldn't have known Jim's name,
1: exactly. because he
2: just wanted to be, yep. you know, just a guy that yep. that that didn't want to hurt anybody exactly. and just wanted to just live left his life alone, left alone. Yeah, but now he's everybody. You you drive in the car and you hear Jamie Closs. It's like I know it. What crazy. the heck? It's like you know how how You're do in a people, Twilight Zone now? it's yeah. a Twilight Zone, and how or like you know somebody will say yeah, something. Yeah, it's and,
1: that's what's really strange. Is it, is quiet we are, yeah. and, and, and and they think it's hard for us to be out in the public and yes. be so, yeah. you know, yeah. and, I don't know.
2: But but our family wants everybody to know is it's not that we don't think about it every day because we think about it every minute every day. Right. But we're maybe not just out there talking about it as much. But both of our families, we just want Jamie back, and yeah. if that means talking now to to people, we will do that. Um, but it's 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 hard. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult thing you know yeah so
0: well we we don't blame you guys yeah, yeah
2: no and, and we get that we, we, we get know. that and we know the people on those
0: first days we have to go and ask and then absolutely. Absolutely. circle back absolutely. later you know, it's, that's just that's what difficult. we have to do yep. but yep. I, i've never said oh there's something wrong with them for not agreeing to right. talk to me on the worst day of their life right. right
2: right but it's like how do people how are people so quick to say geez you know or such so, so judgmental and it's like i know it's because Nothing like this has ever happened to us. We have never. I mean, our, our father passed away. Yeah, and that was which was which was terrible hard. and shocking. Yeah, but he died up at our cabin where he wanted it, where he wanted me. to die. He died in dignity. Absolutely, he died the way he should have died. Yeah, exactly. My brother didn't die no. the way he should have died. Right. Absolutely, he, he he he, and that's why we we will not stop right. because we have to for Jim. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess lastly, is there anything that you would say in case if Jamie's out there, potentially able to watch? Is there anything that you would say to her?
2: This, she has a lot of people here that love her and want her back, and we know that that if you could, if you had the chance, you'd be here and you'd you'd, you'd get away. You you'd try, um, but just keep hoping. we're hoping every day. We're not going to give up.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, that we uh, we will. Every day, be yeah. thinking about her, and we yeah. do, you know. And uh, that's all we really have of their family now is her. Is her, so we, we just want her to come back. Is there anything that you'd say to the person that did it? Oh boy, that you're going to get what you deserve. You have to. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Did good until the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Does it, it just kind of feel real again, thinking about? Oh, this, it does. That there's somebody that did this. Yeah, it's.
2: How does somebody do this? Yeah.
0: How? I don't know.
2: I don't know how anybody could do this to anybody. It's not. It's shocking. It's devastating. So, but yeah, but we'll have hope and we'll we'll get through it, and yeah. and hopefully she comes home and we'll be everybody will be good. So, that's all we can do. You
0: would think that there's somebody that has something weighing on their conscience right now, whether it's oh, the absolutely. person that did it or somebody that knows. Absolutely, it.
2: I think so, and I think that's why the sheriff gives us hope because I do believe that that I don't think you can do this by yourself. I don't I don't think you can have one person that does this and get away with it. So I, there, there is somebody that knows something or something that's out there. Um, you know that that they'll come forward and they'll they'll you know they'll bring her home. I mean that's that's what it's going to take, and that's all we can hope. You know the tips have gone down, um, but it doesn't matter because it only takes the one the one tip or the one you know sighting or or what you know. It's like where is she? You know is she is she in a home somewhere? Is she in this state? Like right. how? How can you? How can you possibly, you know, every right. day not know where she is? Exactly. That, that's the weirdest that's, part to me. Is, is is is, you know, you know, we buried Jim and Denise. We, we know we're there. You, you don't know where Jamie is, right. and that's just. that's not right. You know, right. she needs to come home. So.
4: This podcast is sponsored by the new Care11 app,
0: now totally redesigned to make it the newest, easiest, must-have app for Minnesota weather with interactive radar, video forecasts, and hyper-local accurate weather alerts.
3: It is still coming in with a lot of lightning and thunder. We do have a few warnings out for a number of counties.
0: From the hottest days to the most severe storms, stay on top of it all with the new Care11 app. Download or update today. This 35-minute interview with Jeff Kloss and Kelly Engelhart allows us to really feel like we now know Jim and Denise Kloss. It leaves a profound impact on me as I continue to cover this case. 88 Days producer Ellie Coder joins me now to go deeper into the interview.
3: Let's start with your biggest takeaways. When you show up to this house, you're going to sit down with this family and you're going to have you know a long conversation with them about the hardest time of their lives. You've mentioned to me that you felt like you had kind of a connection to them. Will you tell me a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah. So anytime I do a story in a small town, I, I can relate because I grew up in a small town. And if you're not from a small town, you, you, you just it, it's kind of a way of life that's foreign to a lot of people. So one thing, for example, in the obituary, it said that Jim Kloss loved talking about the glory days of his high school sports. And that might be like a foreign topic to a lot of people and why that would even be in an obituary. But I really connected with that because when I get back together with my high school friends, we sit and reminisce the same way. And, you know, we build up the stories bigger than they were. It's kind of like talking about a legend. And, you know, our wives are kind of like, oh, this is how can I listen to this? This is unbearable. But it's just kind of a fun way to connect with your old friends. And so I really got a kick out of it. And you can you can hear us kind of giggling during the interview when they're talking about that stuff, because it is it is funny how they kind of groaned and rolled their eyes to talk about Jim's personality uh, when he would brag about his glory days, I just really connected with that. And I connected with their family dynamic, the, the uh, you know, cousins that are into sports and wrestle around the house and, you know, just reminded me of myself growing up. And so I, I just, I told those guys, you know, I, I, you really remind me of my family. And, you know, I, I really feel, feel for you here.
3: I thought it painted a really vivid picture of Jim. That he was such a big Packer fan, that like made me laugh even listening to that interview. Which again, there's it's hard to be able to laugh at an interview about something so serious. But that certainly helped me picture him more in my mind, you know. And I know a lot of the details of this case, and I never knew that about him until listening to this now.
0: And frankly, that makes him kind of a Wisconsin everyman because there are a lot of gyms in the state of Wisconsin that live for the Packers, and they might take off work the next day depending on how the game goes. That connection is is first and foremost what I took out of it, as far as the case goes, there really were two things. I came out of it solidly believing that the family had nothing to do with it and that Jamie did not have anything to do with it. And it's not like I thought that they did at all going into it, but you keep this open mind, right? And statistically a kidnapping is done by a family member so many times more than not. someone that they know, someone that they know. And they really had no clue what happened, and they had no suspicion of anyone in particular. And then their descriptions of Jamie really resonated with me. And I think they actually said this part off camera, but they said that she's like a young 13. Like when girls are about that age, there might be classmates that seem older than they There's are. There's a
3: big disparity for sure. Absolutely. That really stuck with me. I remember when you came back, us sitting down and talking about that.
0: Right, right. And she's, you know, kind of like a rainbow and unicorn, young 13. And that really stuck with me. And I just did not believe that this was any sort of thing like uh, an internet boyfriend or anything like that. And those were the rumors that were really going around at the time.
3: Yeah, I remember that really well from when you came back from this interview that, you know, we did have such little information at that time, right? We were clinging to any possible thing. So when you kind of got into it with them about all these theories that whether Jamie had a boyfriend online or or something like that. Do you want to speak a little bit more about the theories you talked about them?
0: They kind of went through a checklist of every possible thing. And and the first thing would be, well, did Jim have a problem with somebody? Did he get into trouble uh, with money or something like that? Because why would somebody come in and kill the two parents if they wanted to kidnap Jamie?
3: And I thought that was interesting that they immediately said that about their own brother, not about their sister-in-law, that if there was one thing that maybe it you know, somebody could have been after, maybe it would have been him.
0: It was true. It was honesty, yeah. right? And and it was it was that they they didn't have anything to go on. They were just trying to figure out, well, is it possible that he rubbed somebody the wrong way to such a big extent that somebody wanted to kill them? And they just they didn't think that was possible, but they opened up their mind to that possibility. And that
3: would be really hard as a family member of somebody dealing with this tragedy to think that they could be so vulnerable to say, maybe it was my brother that sparked this whole thing. I thought that that was very open and honest that they said that to you.
0: I did too. And also, it's really sad that after you lose a sibling that you have to think about possibilities because you don't have those answers.
3: Yeah. So another part of the interview that I found very poignant is when they're talking about grief versus trying to keep this hope alive, saying that it's so hard to remember their brother and their sister-in-law while Jamie is is still out there.
0: It it really showed me the impact that it had on the family, the death of their two loved ones. The general public didn't get to really know Jim and Denise until this interview was done and what their personalities were like. And they had this uh, fear and anger stemming out of the deaths of their loved ones that was separate from their hope that Jamie's alive and you know the desperation to get her home alive.
3: Interviewing a family or anyone that's dealt with a personal tragedy is something that you have to do all the time. It's an unfortunate part of our jobs working in the news, but for people out there who this isn't something that they have to often deal with, maybe talk a little bit about what it's like to communicate with somebody who's going through, honestly, probably the worst time of their entire lives.
0: Early on in my career, you know, when I was younger, it was just terrifying to have to go in and talk to someone and think about it. Even when you have, you know, a a friend or acquaintance that's going through a loss and you say, oh, feel free to tell me anything, you know, it's still a hard conversation to have when you actually have those conversations. So I I feel like I've gotten good at it over the years and I'm able to do it. I really enjoy kind of the, the human connection that you get in this job. And I think that, um, I, I try to make it kind of a cathartic experience for them because maybe they haven't talked about it to this extent that they have. So if nothing else comes out of the interview for them, at least they feel like they got something off their chest while they do it. And so I, it's gotten to that point where I'm able to do it fairly easily, but it, I still appreciate you know what a heavy thing it is.
3: Which is something that you noticed that I was very moved almost by the fact that Kelly and Jeff are so openly talking about their loved ones without really getting emotional that they're able to communicate so effectively how they feel about them, what they think about this case until the very, this very, very end of the interview. And you had a moment with them where you say it's, it's must, this must just be like reliving it all over again.
0: Yeah. So two things about that. First of all, I think their personalities, I think Jeff and Kelly are the kind of people that if they give a speech at a wedding, they just roll off the cuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they're not the no ones notes. That, they don't have to unfold the note and, and read the prepared speech, right? So that's just kind of their personality. And the other thing is this interview, you have to remember, took place a full month after it. I think if this interview happened a week after it, they wouldn't be able to get through two sentences without crying. And I think that they would have been more kind of that zoned out, um, kind of that, that zombie appearance, appearance that people have when they are in the early stages of grief. And I think the fact that the interview took place a full month later allowed it to be a more productive interview as far as getting information out to the public that was important, uh, sharing information about their loved ones that they wanted put out there. And so, you know, obviously they still did get emotional at the very end, though, when they really put their mindset back in that spot.
3: I think that that's something that maybe people that don't work in the news industry might not understand either, like you said, about being able to 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 give information about that their, fa- their family that they want people to know, right? Like that's why we do these interviews is so that they can give a voice to victims of a crime and they can be able to share their story. It's not trying to be like exploitative of this family. It's giving them an opportunity to, it, to speak it, about their loved ones. In
0: one sense, it's like an obituary exactly. on TV news rather exactly. than in a newspaper.
3: Yeah. So another thing that I found really interesting about your conversation with them is the toll that social media can take during a crime like this and also how it's such an effective tool for law enforcement. And that seems to be something that they were struggling with and dealing with a little bit.
0: Dealing with the contradiction. And I have to say that this change that's happened with uh, social media and the comments that we post our stories on Facebook and all the comments that appear under it that are so judgmental and so callous and mean, it, it, it really, truly affects me to the point that I don't read them at all. And the reason it affects me more is because I firsthand see the toll that it takes on the people. We we convince people to talk to us and share their most personal experiences In their with most us,
3: vulnerable time.
0: And then they're just absolutely judged for it immediately. And th- there's just no value in that to me. And so I, I absolutely hate that going into it. And- when I was able to talk with them about it, they openly shared how hard it was. And, and so in this case, you know, we, we post updates on Facebook and people comment under the stories and so forth. But beyond that, there are several groups that people have formed where they essentially talk about theories of what might have happened as if it's a game.
3: To Facebook groups you mean.
0: Facebook groups, exactly. And it would be like, you know, the the Jamie Klaas sleuth group or something like that. And I I I'm inside all these groups to see what people are saying because I'm trying to, you know, I'm I'm keeping my mind open to everything here. And really all these theories start with a lie or something that somebody pulled out of thin air and then everybody there takes it as fact and runs with it, developing what they call a theory. Of what happened and it's it almost all revolves around victim blaming and hurtful things toward the family and Jamie.
3: And sometimes the families are in those groups cuz they're doing the same thing they as want, you as you. Absolutely. They want to know what happened so they're interested to hear from people in the community and then it's all this finger pointing and I just could imagine callous, being in their fake, shoes.
0: Oh, it, it it's terrible. It's terrible and and it takes a toll and then they mention however social media allows this case to be shared much wider than it would otherwise because it's being shared all over the country and all over the world. So there are people that are changing their Facebook profile pics to a picture of Jamie and it says, find Jamie on it. And so her face is being shared and the hope to find her alive is being shared everywhere and people continue to talk about it. One thing that they're getting worried about now is that the news will will stop covering the case if there's no updates and social media helps keep it alive. So there is this positive part of it and in order to get that positive part, they have to deal with the negative part. And that just made me sad.
3: Yeah, that was hard to listen to for sure. And I thought it was really interesting, too, and really eye-opening about Barron. You know, I'm in the Twin Cities, and this is only two hours away. Meeting this family shows you what the people of Barron are really like.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of all tied together. You need to get to know Baron, and you need to get to know this family, And you need to get to know the people that are supporting them. It it, it all ties together. And that's what a big part of what made this story unique.
3: Switching gears a little bit. I found it very interesting that in this interview and that in a few other interview with people that, you know, live in Barron and live in Western Wisconsin, that they seem so trusting and have like an unwavering support for the law enforcement. I think that maybe some true crime people have been trained to kind of be a little bit skeptical of the investigators. Did you find that interesting? Were you surprised by that?
0: I guess I wasn't surprised for a couple of reasons. First, Kelly works at a police department in Ladysmith. She's the office manager, so she's naturally going to have that trust for law enforcement. And I think you did sense a little bit with Jeff that he was not as trusting as Kelly because he he was put off by how the family was investigated so harshly in the early stages. They're FBI agents knocking out their door at at midnight when they already have this fear of a a home invasion possibly happening and uh, DNA samples being taken from family members during the funeral, the day of the funeral. I don't know if you mentioned that on or off camera, but that was something he told me as well. But however, a county that has 5 to 10 to 15 deputies at the most, all of a sudden has 200 officers there and they're all there for one reason. And so I think that, it was their only hope is to put their full faith in law enforcement. And I think that law enforcement did a good job of showing them that, Hey, this is our one and only priority right
3: now. So when you're talking to Kelly and Jeff, this is one of the first times that we actually learn some of the new details about the crime scene and about what may have happened to Jim and Denise.
0: Yeah. A couple of things that they gave us that, so what do we know going in? We, we, We knew from the 911 logs that law enforcement arrived and found uh, a deceased male by the door. So putting two and two together, uh, Jim Kloss came to the front door and was shot by the person that broke in the house. We really didn't know anything about the circumstances of how Denise was killed and where and where Jamie was taken. But the family revealed to us that Denise was likely killed in the bathroom. And they kind of painted this picture that you might not have thought about before, which is... Jim probably didn't see it coming. He was going to the front door and was shot. Didn't see it coming. But Denise was terrorized because she could have she heard that gunshot. She knew something bad was coming. She was in that bathroom and that's where she was killed and where Jamie was probably taken. And so it kind of painted this vivid picture that of, of the crime scene, this horrifying crime scene that maybe we didn't have before.
3: I thought that was really that struck me a lot as well when they say that Jim must have not known who was coming to their house because he wouldn't have just been overpowered Yeah, in, and in a moment like that. He was not like a, a weak man. He would have been ready and would have had his guard up.
0: They said two people would have had trouble overtaking Jim, and it, it just it wasn't a fair fight. He was shot, didn't see it coming. and wasn't wasn't able to protect his family. And that really was heartbreaking to them as well, knowing their brother.
3: Did this interview with Jeff and Kelly change the way that you covered this story and that you covered this case moving forward?
0: It definitely had a profound impact on me moving forward because after getting to know this family, it was personal for me. I was personally invested in Jamie being found alive. Next time on 88 Days, keeping hope alive.
4: I can still feel she's gonna come home. My heart
2: tells me and I won't give that
0: up. The holidays approach with many heavy hearts and barren. Our families like you just we just want Jamie home. The face of the investigation gives us a new look at the case. That's the answer I struggle with every night as I go to sleep is to figure out exactly if this was random or not. A bizarre incident at the Kloss home and more harmful information spreads. Before a major breakthrough. Douglas County 911.
3: Hi, I have um, a young lady at my house right now.
0: This is 88 Days, The Jamie Closs Story, a CARE 11 original podcast in association with Vault Studios. Check out 88DaysPodcast.com for more information on the Jamie Kloss case. 88 Days is written and produced by me, Lou Raguse, and Ellie Coder. Original music is by Dave Maling and Emily Havick. And original artwork by David Malman. Special thanks to Care management and staff for their contributions, the people of Barron, Wisconsin, and the Kloss family.
4: Growing up here, dealing with everything that's going on now, I'm surprised this town's even standing. Bardstown, Kentucky is a small town
3: in the heart of the Bluegrass State, but Bardstown, Kentucky also has secrets. Five unsolved murders over four years, rumors and theories, and still no one is behind bars. I've been
1: hundred percent truthful. What I'm saying, you listen to
0: what I'm saying.
3: Bardstown, a new podcast from Vault Studios. It's been you know, almost six years. There's still not a lot of answers.